Hey now, it's David Coggins. I'm with my dear friend, Michael Williams. I think you've read about him. And we're going to have a conversation about some things that matter to us. And we're going to do it every week. He's got uh, Continuous Lean, not just a website, but also the newsletter. And you can hear this there. You can also hear it on my uh, The Contender, both the newsletter and the website. And we're going to try to do this every week. I hope you like it. Um, we talk for about 45 minutes about all sorts of things, and uh, but not clothes, interestingly enough. So uh, don't hold that against us. Uh, and we'll get into that next week. Thanks so much. Hope you like it. David Coggins, what are we doing here? Hello, Michael. I, I Well, you don't want to start a podcast and I don't want to start a podcast. So we got together and we're recording something that we don't want to call a podcast because we don't want to admit to anyone in our lives what we're doing. But we know what it is. <laughs> we, you know, I think it's 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 less a podcast and more of a conversation, maybe um, not trying to, you know, play the whole podcast game completely. Why, why are we so nervous about just it's a conversation? Do you want to do that over? No, I like it. That, that this is, it's not going to get any better. It's not going to. <laughs> I, I came up here and just before I, I we started recording, my sister said, "I don't like your recorded voice." I was like, "I don't either. I don't like it in person." But thanks. She, and I told her she didn't have to listen to it. You know the the one thing about being or doing an interview and recording it, and then going back into the. We've talked about this before, and then you go back into the interview and you have to listen to it to you know, transcribe it or to get the details and you listen to your voice. And especially with me, it's like, I'm always stumbling through these questions and it's one of the most painful things you could ever do. The, the highlight do you, of do you, is that such as it is, was when I could pay someone to transcribe my interviews. I, I cannot, I will never go back and listen. I'll edit the hell out of it and make myself sound more articulate, but I am not listening to me say, oh, fascinating, fascinating. <laughs> okay, so, so, so what is this? What is this? I think it's a, it's a conversation between friends that I feel like probably the sooner we can admit that it's a podcast, the better, but it's the same way that I don't call the contender a blog when it's very much obviously that thing. I don't know why labels, I think it's because we think of the worst version of something and the worst person who does it. And then we don't want to be associated with that person, which is why nobody think, wants to be called a hipster or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever. I, mean, I think that's like anything that becomes popular to some degree becomes a little then in hindsight becomes a little uh cringy right it's like right. blog because a blog became popular and i don't know right now like if you look at bloggers in comparison to influencers bloggers are you know to me it seems much more restrained you know much less commercial much much less desperate Oh, influencer, perfect, a perfect uh, other cringy word. Somebody told, again, my sister said, like, I think your brother's an influencer. And she said, he's not, he's not. But she doesn't really pay attention to anything I do. But she was very like defensive on my behalf, which I really appreciated because what could be worse? The only thing worse than being an influencer is having like a relative who's an influencer, but you're not really following along. It's it's the best is like if they're like in some crazy niche and they're right. like this hyper niche influencer like oh yeah he's like a total horse guy like he's a horse influencer. Is that is that your wind chime? Oh, you know why that is? That's when I thought we were going to start our. Um, that's a wind chime. I I set my alarm so rarely it was when we were supposed to start speaking. Um, <laughs> I maybe that should be my. I don't even have sounds on my phone. And so when something goes off, I, I'm very alarmed. I, you know, I still keep a, uh, 
my calendar is in a notebook. I don't have, I don't use electronic calendaring, which tells you how. What do how people? Do, what do you do when people? So this is the most fast. I mean, I think of all things that we're ever going to talk about, just on this, you know, on Central Division, yeah. is your interaction with technology because it's my favorite thing to imagine. Like when I see AirPods come out, I'm like, how does Coggins re- react to this? What's, what's his feeling? Well, I think one of the f- most interesting things in the world is when you maintain some sort of principle or when you embrace ease. And so I still keep a Smithson Panama covered notebook. That's my calendar. I write down everything I do in it, every book I've read, every place I fish, every movie I've seen. And and then I keep them. So I have 20 of reference them. And then I look back on them and you know they get photographed by some obscure Japanese magazine, which is pretty embarrassing, but also like probably the only place that it makes sense. And I Mr. Notebook Man. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. huge, huge magazine. City notebook boy. And um but then other things like, you know what? I don't like the look of an AirPod, but that's just, that's happening. And it's true with kind of, with clothes too. Like I'll wear when I'm fishing kind of uh, wax cotton things that like the, the water gets through at a certain point, but when is it like, no, we're going into Patagonia, whatever, but I'm going to get the old one or something. And, uh, is there, and, is there, uh, is there a, is there a total parallel to like the AirPod ver- like to something you would wear fishing? Or is it like we you see a guide wear something you know is just so much it's like having a canvas tent versus having an like a nylon tent, right? It's like you know it's just Right. You have to, um, I think it's like you say, okay, well, every pair of polarized glasses is ugly just about. So I have some ancient pair of Orvis ones. And when the uh, lenses ran, wore out, I got a new pair, but I've been trying to find just the right one. So I found some Ray-Bans, but they kind of are heavy and they're not really meant for sport and to be worn all day. But I'm like, well, is this fact that glasses are heavy, which had never even occurred to me, glasses could be that heavy. Can I do I, is this worth it? And of like, of course it's worth it unless, unless you're getting sunburn or some terrible thing is happening or you're missing fish. But it's, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by like where we make these distinctions. And when I gave up my beloved old Saab and got a, a now beloved, slightly old Volvo, I was like, all oh, right, a lot has happened in cars in the 15 years between these two things. And I like, can't believe I lived with this like preposterous, you know, like the windshield wipers barely work and it's a manual transmission and you can't listen into podcasts on them and all the rest of it. And I'm like, all right, it's nice to have a modern car. But of course, like I waited, you know, 10 years too long. I'm always about 10 years behind. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing though, the little things that have changed in cars. And it's always harder, I think, to have these things and lose them. I mean, that's human nature, right? right? Like we're all just like obsessed with, obsessed with losing things. We don't, no one ever wants to have anything taken away from them. But if you never have it, like if your car has no features, you know, to me, it's like the you have your key in your pocket and you walk up and the door just unlocks because it senses the right. proximity to the key. Now, if you go back, you know, we have an old car and we have a car that has that. And then when I drive the old car, I'm like, you know, this is almost unbearable to have to hit the button to unlock the door. There's two and a half seconds. I need it back in my life. <laughs> well, the funny thing is I was thinking about design and how. Uh, and Apple is a good co- example. Like they'll do something and we like, we're not ready for this. I don't, they, they took away a button or they took away something, but we get used to it in like a week or, you know, people moan about something on a new iPhone and they're like completely forgotten that they ever cared about it 10 days later. But at the <laughs> same time, I was, I was, I got in my, my parents' car. I'm with my parents this summer. And it, now when I get into a car, 
I, I sit there for like a while before I even can figure out how to start it. And like somehow we've moved away from some sort of basic idea of like, this is how a tell it's like a, a remote control. Like if you go to a hotel and you're like, you know what? I might just watch TV, which seems like a kind of fun yeah. you to be in a hotel at the end of the night. I want to watch the end of a basketball game. You're like, wait, I want to watch the end of a basketball game. Give me, give me five minutes to figure out how to turn on this entertainment system. Cause I've got, you know, it's, it's just like, there's no sense. There's no kind of common denominator, which is probably true and throughout culture in a sad way. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, that's both of those things are pretty funny, you know, because it's true. Um, but I also think that's like you're if you're a certain age, right, then you, you know, I don't know. I think it's like some people are probably just used to dealing with that stuff and it doesn't phase them or something. You well, know? I basically miss knobs. Like if you were my old, old, old sob. So like 1990, you got into this car. And a sob is a funny thing to compare it to because it had a, its key in a weird place. And so it had its own idiosyncrasies. But there were like three knobs, like hot to cold, uh, the intensity of the fan, and uh, what direction the fan blew. And any per- and they were totally understandable. Any person would figure that out. It doesn't matter what language they spoke, where they were from, how old they were. And that was great. And all those knobs are also pretty close to where you're looking while you're driving. So you're not distracted by a whole console. Now you go into a car, of course, you've got a huge screen and you sit there and stare at it and you're like, holy shit, how long is it going to take me before I can even figure out like to get the air conditioning? And then it kind of wants to set it itself. It's sort of like you're in competition with, with like, it has a better idea of what you want than what you want. You're like, no, no, I like it cold. I want it cold. And they're like, no, I don't think you want it cold. You're like, you don't know me. You've been listening to a free preview of Central Division. To hear the rest of this episode and to read all of our stories, go to centraldivision.substack.com to learn more. Central Division is a newsletter and a podcast from David Coggins and Michael Williams where we talk about men's style, travel, wine, fly fishing, and other topics that interest us. You can read the newsletter and listen to the rest of the podcast at centraldivision.substack.com. Thank you so much.